Hello, America. Hello, America. If you're just tuning in now, which you would be, because this is the beginning of the podcast, uh, you are listening to Till Deaf Do Do a a Party, a Deaf Leopard history podcast, uh, where we talk about the music of the English band Deaf Leopard. It's a hysteria podcast. Perfect. Actually, uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, awkwardly correcting me. Uh, with me, uh, I'm your host Stuart Wellington, the Leopard Tamer, and joining me as always is Doctor Death himself, Alex Smith. Say hello, Alex. Hi there, everybody. Uh, we already said hello to America. I guess we can say hello to the rest of the world. Yep. So we're the Rock Brigade coming at you. <laughs> yep. Those are all Def Leppard songs if you're not familiar with the English band. So, uh, wow, it's been a heck of a, a heck of a while since we recorded one of these. Uh, I yeah, think it's we're, been a bit. I think we're still elbow deep in Def Leppard's fourth album, Hysteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're midway through Side A. Uh, and I think last week we talked about Animal. Yeah. Okay. The song Animal. Uh, and from so Side we're going to be of hysteria. We're moving forward. Do you have any anything you want to say before we dig into uh, the first or the first the next song on the <laughs> album? If the we're first going back to the first song on their the first, first fourth album. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point, Alex. Uh, do you have anything you want to br- bring up before we get right into? Well, you know, I'm a big love. numerology fan. I do have. Uh, things I want to say. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to say hello to our listeners. Thank you guys for hello. tuning in again. You guys are great. You guys have been a real blast uh, as we've started and uh, continued on our journey through the uh, always, always interesting catalog of the greatest band in rock history, uh, a.k.a. the English band, a.k.a. Def Leppard. Yep. I'd like to do a quick uh, recap, if we could. Okay. Uh, just, just, just a short recap, because again, we're going song by song now. So doing an entire, going through the entire trilogy in terms of themes and narrative and what's going on in Joe's life would be a little. Uh, I don't know. Would 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 would. It would probably take up every episode yeah. just to do that recap it's, each time. It's like so if I'm you're. Just, it's like if you're binge watching your favorite TV program, and your your streaming service were to show you the previously on, oh uh, man. before every yeah, episode, yeah. like that's fucking crazy, dude. Like, or if you were watching, I don't need to know re- what Daredevil got up to last week. I already know. Or like on Real Housewives, where half of the uh, like the segment when they come back from the break is just explaining what happened in the last segment, and if you then. On top of that, had a last on. Yeah, yeah. Well, la- that's actually one of the things that I love about those uh, shows is how after they get back from a commercial break, they have a segment catching everybody up to what they missed in the previous segment. And sure. then 
right before they go to another commercial break, they give you like a oh, quick teaser about – so that like if you were thinking, you know what, after I, after I get up to go take a shit during this commercial, maybe I'll just keep shitting and not watch the rest of the episode. You're not going to want to do that. You're going to want to come back. Yeah, because the drama is about to start. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> is it just a perpetual state of there's about to be some drama on this show? Mm-hmm. Uh, or there just was, and you missed it because you were shitting. Stuart. Yeah, it's, you really don't live in the moment in those programs, do you? That you're always looking backwards or looking forward. You're never looking at the uh, Well, the, the right moment now. is just so fleeting. Really, yeah, I guess lot, you're right. It's a lot like life. Those shows are probably the closest thing to life, which is why they call them reality shows. I never thought of it that way, Alex. Yeah. You're totally right. So, uh, so so far, um, the, let's let's just back up, j- just very momentarily, uh, speak very broadly about what's happened so far in Hysteria, which is which is uh, our first song, "Women," uh, brought us from the end of our sort of contemporary lives, the end of Pyromania, where we were dying, we were bleeding in a pool on the ground. Uh, to a mythological new beginning, this creation story, the creation of women, um, the women who literally make life possible. So the beginning of uh, humanity, as it were. And then the as song Rocket takes us on a journey uh, to somewhere probably new while reflecting on the past like three and a half decades of rock and roll music. Um now, the thing that I actually kind of wanted to talk about, why I, br- why I brought up this, this recap, especially tonight, uh-huh. is I, I have, with, with regard to Rocket, I've said a couple times on this show uh, that the title and release date of Rocket, Rocket uh, coming out in 1988, Rocket 88, uh-huh. uh, that, that, is a, that that reflects back on the first ever rock and roll song. Uh, which is a song called Rocket 88 uh, by a guy named Jackie Brenston. Okay. And I, I, I've, I've mentioned this, that, it, that because that song has the same title as the song title and release date of Def Leppard's Rocket, that Def Leppard's Rocket is like completing a circle or fulfilling a prophecy. Yeah, I've yeah, mentioned yeah. that a few times, but we haven't really talked about what that means, and it's it, it's um, it's something I realized is worth exploring a little deeper. As for, instead of just doing that sort of shallow, like uh, you know, um, just having a prophecy for the sake of a prophecy, let's let's get into yeah. it and let's talk about what it means that somebody wrote a song called Rocket '88, and then Def Leppard released a reflective like. Uh, rock and roll song full of references of the last 35 years of rock and roll that was called Rocket that was released in 1988. Okay. So what what's the lyrical content of Rocket 88 all about, Alex? The Jackie Brenston song? Yes. Okay. So this uh this song is um is about going on a trip with a man. Uh-huh. Um he was it was released under uh under his name uh, Jackie Brenston. Okay, yeah. So it was credited to Jackie Brenston and the Delta Cats. But okay. that band was actually just Ike Turner's backing band, who were called Ike Turner's Kings of Rhythm. And Jackie Brenston was the saxophone player for Ike Turner's band. 
uh-huh. this came this song came out in 1951 so it's super super early sort of proto rock and roll and uh and the song lyrics go like this you women have heard of jalopies you've heard the noise you've heard the noise they make let me introduce you <laughs> to my rocket 88 Yes, it's great. I just won't wait. Everybody likes my Rocket 88. Baby will ride in style, moving all along. And then he's, um, and there's another verse, and like, there's like a little special thing where he says, step in my rocket and don't be late. So he's saying, he's telling us to look out for Rocket 88, to be on the lookout for Rocket 88, that, that we need to be ready when it gets here. Right? Okay. So is it, is, is it like a warning? No, I think it's a it's a foretelling. It's uh, prophetic. I, I don't think we need, like. Um, well, what, what would the what's the opposite of a warning when you're when you're telling somebody like uh, that they need to be optimistically looking out for something? What's the opposite of that? Like an English major, like in an announcement, or uh, sure. Yeah, yeah let's call like it that. like a pre. Let's call it like a pre-announcement, or pro- yeah. you know what? The word is prophecy, really. Yeah, like he's saying, right. he's saying that we need to be ready to get on board the Rocket eighty eight when it gets to our front door. And I think if you're if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I'm going to assume that you're listening. That you are on, <laughs> I'm going to assume that you're on board for the song Rocket. By Def Leppard. Yeah, of course. I'm going to assume that Jackie Brenston didn't need to go out of his way to write a song to prepare you to be on board for the amazing song Rocket that we've all listened to and that we all love. And that is a great song. It's a yeah. pretty easy commitment. Rocket yeah, that's 88. fair. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, so are you saying... Is, is there more? is there more into it? Uh, more into what? I'm sorry, is there more to it? Is there more to... Um, is there is, is there a confluence of other related things that you need to be on board for when the song Rocket 88 comes out? Is the big question. Like what are you what are you getting on board? Right? Um wait, so what kind of rocket am I getting on board or what kind of uh like truths in the universe do I have to accept in order to get on board with Rocket 88? Well, I think it could be both. It could be all kinds of things, really, okay. right? Because you're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? No, you're right. You're right. Okay, it, it could be all kinds of things. I yeah. So I I think it could be all kinds of things, and I've looked up a few things that I think might have something to do with it. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying, as I said before, it's complicated. There's probably uh, a lot of things we don't know, um, but I've looked up, I've done a little bit of research about what kinds of things were going on in 1988 that might have to do with being on board with not just the song Rocket 88, but the philosophy of the band Def Leppard, uh, you know, what they were motivated to do, what they were, uh, you know, their presence in the world, being on board with Def Leppard, not just literally uh, into the song and ready for, to hear that song, which okay. again doesn't require writing a whole song to prepare you for it. So there's two there's two kind of interesting candidates for uh, situations. Okay, one is the Soviet Union. 
which okay. we have talked that, about that before. old nut. Yeah, Def Leppard has a history with the Soviet Union because we know that uh, that Joe Elliott uh, called out Brezhnev in the song Rock of Ages shortly before Brezhnev died. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sort of insulted the Soviet Union, um, perhaps in retaliation or perhaps just for experiments or something. Uh, the KGB shortly thereafter stole Rick Allen's arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have a they have a history. They have a back and forth. Um in 1988, the then, uh, what do you call it in Russia? The prime minister, right? Uh, I yeah, it's think the prime you're minister. right. Yes. Uh, the leader, leader of, the, of the Soviet Union at that time was Gorbachev, uh-huh. after Brezhnev. And uh, in 1988, started on, like, it, it was voted in in the summer of 88 and then started in December of 88. He basically created an entirely new legislative body uh, for the Soviet Union called the Congress of People's Deputies. And the big difference between the previous legislative body and this legislative body is that people could vote for whoever they wanted. Um, Well, I mean, they could vote for whichever candidate like anybody could become a candidate before that you had to be soviet approved before you could become a candidate okay so now all of a sudden they had this congress that had people in it who were like pro-west pro-def leopard you had people in it you had actual debate and conflict on the floor of this congress so it sort of opened up the you know this uh this sort of repressive uh, regime that we see the Soviet Union as it kind of opened them up to a, a lot of different ideas and a lot of different things. Uh, and this uh, legislative body actually only had one election cycle before the Soviet Union was dissolved. Oh, so, wow. So that mm-hmm. might be a part of we, we questioned before on this show whether Def Leppard had anything to do with the fall of the Soviet Empire. And um, yeah, we and can't we can't declare causality like we can't right. we can't prove cause and effect. But we you know, we're simple, simple truth seekers on this on this journey. Right. And we're asking you to come along. Right. And when you start looking at the world through the prism of Def Leppard, you start mm-hmm. to see these interesting connections like that one. And I just think it's interesting. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. The other candidate for um, the, for for something that uh, Jackie Brenston might have been looking for, looking ahead to, is NASA in the United States. Our space program mm-hmm. started doing shuttle missions again in 1988 after the Challenger uh, blew up. Yep. So there was a little period of of um, of inactivity after the Challenger, and then in 1988 they did two shuttle missions. They did a Discovery. Mission, and they did an Atlantis mission. Uh, now, the Discovery mission was like they did a bunch of experiments, like with cr- crystals in space and blood in space and uh, proteins and stuff. So one one can uh, can kind of surmise that they were trying to figure out if you could if you could survive in space, if you could start a new world in space. You know, these are things that kind of seem to tie in. With um, with the story of hysteria so far, uh, this genesis of a new world, and mm-hmm. then the Atlantis shuttle mission was for the Department of Defense. So there's actually no public record of what they were doing on that mission. So who but we can surmise, 
Yeah. We can surmise it had something to do to protect America and the rest of the West from Russia. Yeah. Exactly. And that and that maybe can we can we say that the that the space program was inspired by Def Leppard? Let's we, say absolutely. Let's yeah. say sure. I mean, yeah, it would be silly to ignore some of those signs. You think you think the, the you think NASA wasn't sitting around cranking up Def Leppard at this point in time? I mean, everyone else was. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they have to have been. You can only assume. I mean, you go anywhere at that time, any public place, you're going to hear some Def Leppard. Yeah, it was hysteria. They yeah. were all over the place. Yeah, that's the, actually the, why they call. That's why they call big public, um, you know, big public mania uh, obsessions with big artists. That's why they call it hysteria. Is because of this album. Yeah, you know, I never really thought about it, but that's I kind of always knew that Alex like it always kind of. <laughs> yeah, it was always just there. I in never, your brain. I never, I never put it into words like that. But I think you're right. I always knew that. It was something you picked up as a child, didn't think about, but you never put it down. <laughs> nope, and I've I've carried that with me this whole time. That's yep. why there's only one set of footprints. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, those are just move. those are just some seeds that you plant in your brain soil, and you just and and as we go through the rest of hysteria, just let them kind of, you know, let them let them kind of uh, f- ferment. I was going to say ferment, but that's not. Mm. I, I'm screwing up my my metaphor there. Maybe germinate. Uh, yeah, is that right? Um, Be fertilized. Yeah, for maybe let them fertilize your. Let those plants fertilize your brain hole. See, um, we're experts at Def Leppard. We're not experts at uh, botany, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the only other part of the recap that needs to be mentioned is uh, the last song that we discussed, yep. "Animal." Animal. Um, <laughs> which finds us uh, just back in that primal, that, that Garden of Eden, that creation story, yeah, um, yeah. where Joe Elliott is just seeking pleasures of the flesh through, um, y- y- you know, just just uh, just running wild in the fields of Eden, of this Eden, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, and he's but but he's sort of subconsciously drawn ultimately towards being conquered. That's kind of talked about at the end of the song. And then we have <clears throat> the Hello? song we're going to discuss tonight. Unless you have anything you want to say before we get into it, Stuart. Uh, I just want to let you know, Alex, that if you've got love in your sights, watch out because that love bites. Uh oh, love bites. <laughs> Okay, so what did we just hear, Alex? We just heard the beginning of Love Bites. Uh, we had a robot explain some stuff to us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so some sort of robot creature said, if you've got love in your sights, watch out. Love Bites. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sounds like we're on like we're on some kind of uh, mission or something. And, which- uh <laughs> it's totally fitting after a song called Animal, which is all about like 
going back to your primal nature, you're like, of course love bites because it's animals in love. Right. And also, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, um, but I, I do want to point out the obvious, like, um, relationship again to the Genesis story that we've discussed. Uh, Eve in the Garden of Eden biting into the fruit of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, so the love fleshy, fleshy apple fruit of knowledge. Yeah, so we have women, we have the creation of Eve, we have animal, which is kind of like the, I guess, the honeymoon period, and then love bites when Eve bites into the apple of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And uh, if that's if we're drawing a direct sort of, a, you know, comparison to, to the Genesis story, which I, yeah, which I you think can we are. Yeah, you can see a through line there. Yeah, so... Uh, Let's see. Shall we hear the... Let's go ahead and... I, the, the song doesn't really... It's Yeah, it's just that robot kind of setting us up and a few little sort of um, uh, softly arpeggiated chords uh, at the beginning. Uh, now, this, really is, need... this is not super uncommon for a rock album of this time. You know, like, even the hardest rocking band, even the biggest bad boy has to show that they have a soft side. Right. And at this point, four songs in... Def Leppard is saying, whoa, 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 I know we got you all excited with Animal. Let's let's cool things out a little bit. Yeah. And cool them out, they do. Yeah. And uh and, and this doesn't yeah, this so this one doesn't really the the meat of this sandwich, you don't you don't get to it until you hear the first verse. So let's go ahead yeah, and we're just that. nibbling we're just nibbling at the crust right now. Yep. Let's hear that first verse. When you make love, do you look in your mirror? Who do you think of? Does he look like me? Do you tell lies and say that it's forever? Do you think twice? Just touch and see Ooh, babe. Okay, big hit there Oh, babe oh, yeah. And then an emotional explosion of love right there Or something <laughs> Yeah Yeah, so, uh Yeah, this is Stuart, this is, give us those lyrics Give us that first first verse I mean, luckily, it's it's Joe reads those lines pretty clear Sure What? When you make love, do you look in the mirror? Who do you think of? Does he look like me? Do you tell lies and say that it's forever? Do you think twice or just touch and see? Ooh, babe. Stuart, let me ask you a question. What's that? When you look in your mirror, mm -hmm. uh, generally, who do you think of? Joe Elliott. <laughs> From the band Def Leppard. Well, certainly since you got you got that haircut to look like Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. Yep. And that's and since that's your your style point. Because what's happening is I'm looking in the mirror while I'm making love like a man. <laughs> yep. And well, the man I'm thinking of is Joe Elliott. I I would say that. Did I throw you of... off, Alex? Did, were you expecting a different response? <laughs> <laughs> no, not from you. Because I, I I really want to highlight that uh, that you you're getting a lot of your style ideas right now from Joe yeah. Elliott. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear 
um, who you're trying to be. And I'm not, oh, that's, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not pas- I'm not passing judgment on that. I think that's, I think it's cool to kind of pick a person as your style point and then just, and just base everything on every choice that they made style. Yeah. Wise. It's like, uh, it's like Christian Slater wanting to be Jack Nicholson. Sure. Like it's super clear, dude, you're not fooling anybody. In fact, right. because it's so obvious, I find it endearing. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Respect, bud. You're totally yeah. doing it. You're, you're Thanks. owning Wanting to be somebody else. And you know what? Who doesn't want to be somebody else some Yeah, days? thanks, man. Yeah. So, uh, but I think I think a lot of people would say when they look in the mirror, they think of themselves. Okay. Because that's what you're looking at when you uh, look in the mirror. So it's kind of interesting. Is, Is that it, who Michael Jackson's talking to? Yeah, the man in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's who... And Def Leppard has had a few songs that explicitly reference mirrors before. This uh-huh. is, I think, our third explicit mirror reference, and the uh-huh. four and the and the two previous to this were both songs about self determination. Were both songs about looking at your reflection and and deciding either a that you're going to be the first one was that you're going to be the best person that you can be, and uh-huh. b and the second one was that you're not going to care what anybody thinks about you anymore. Okay. So where does this so, so is this a progression, a regression, or just another side of that story? I don't know. It's a very because it's a very weird, strange question to say when you make love, do you look in your mirror? Who do you think of? Does he look like me? Like if um I mean those are certainly leading questions. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense if he's talking to you because you are literally looking in the mirror, seeing yourself, thinking of Joe Elliott and saying, does he look like me? And you're thinking, I hope so. I fucking hope so. I look like (laughs) Joe Elliott. Uh, But in pretty much any other circumstance, a person looks in a mirror. I'm not sure that that's what they're going to be thinking. Uh, Yeah. But somebody's making love here. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. And there's a complicated thing going on at the same time yeah because then we get into the uh the next the next pair of lines do you tell lies and say that it's forever so that at this point we're like oh there's there's trouble going on it's not all about sex with mirrors right uh though i mean it should be all about just sex with mirrors but it's yeah but that'd be a really short song (laughs) yeah uh do you tell do you tell lies and say that it's forever like so this person has a kind of a history of um, leading people into romantic situations and then not following through. And then then going on, do you think twice or just touch and see? Do you you think your your romantic escapades out before you do them? Or are you just like, let's go nuts, man. Let's be animals. Right. So... He's asking a bunch of pointed questions. Yeah, at a at a current, maybe former lover. Um, if I can cheat a little bit on our timeline here and skip ahead to the second verse, which we're not, yeah, which we're not it. to that point yet. Um, but he says, "When I'm with you, are you somewhere else? Am I getting through, or do you please yourself?" Uh. Those are the first two lines of the second verse. And I think that um, I think that 
kind of proves that he's talking about someone he's in a current relationship with, which if we take that back and look at the first verse, it kind of makes the it kind of makes the mirror thing make a little bit more sense because Joe Elliott's actually there. He's okay. actually like Joe Elliott's fucking this person. Yeah. And he's yeah. saying uh, and he's saying like, so if you look at yourself in the mirror and I'm there and we're doing it. Do you, you know, are you, are you still thinking about me as you look in that mirror or are you looking at somebody else? So yeah, like, is it a mirror on the ceiling that you're looking at? Like in uh, basic instinct, right? And who knows? Or if it's, yeah, it could be anywhere. I mean, mirrors nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so clearly just con just very, very, uh, conflicted feelings towards somebody that he's having uh, sexual relations with. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Ba- that's the basic gist so far. So let's, all right. So let's just, I mean, we were that. warned, we were right up top. We were warned by that robot. So we know that something's, something's up. Something's rotten right. in Denmark. Yeah. So there's like a half verse, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I actually I think I want to play the half verse. Okay. Um, so this is after the ooh babe ooh yeah uh, section, and we'll go in and we'll hear the bridge. And, and it, yeah, uh, is this a full bridge or this is, is it a, like a? It's a a bridge is coming. Like the um, there's kind of a half a half second verse, and then a a full bridge. Which I, I don't want to spoil anything, but fans of the show will know. That we're big fans of the Def Leppard bridge catalog, and this the escalating a, bridge, yeah, and this this is a this is a, a real highlight of that. So here we go. So I got to say, listening to that little, like, partial verse right up uh, up at the front there, it really highlights Rick Savage's, I'm assuming that's his bass that sounds super synthesizer-y. Oh, it's it's awesome when that bass comes in and it goes, like, that's a really, really cool bass line. I was going to, I was going to bring that up too. Uh, It's a, it's a, uh, it's a neat feature. Um, But yeah, it's, it's. It's totally a synthesizer. The drums in this are electronic. The bass is electronic. It's very, um, it's a very synthesized song in a uh-huh. lot of ways. Kind of like the relationship between these two people. Oh, there you go, Stuart. Yeah, there you go. So that half that half verse, uh, uh, astute listeners will will have noticed that typically a verse in a song. Is some some like comp is usually 
some kind of compound four structure. Like it's like there's something going on that takes place four times, most mm-hmm. of the time in a song. And even this song, the previous verse that when you make love, do you look in the mirror? That was four lines. And then they went, oh, babe. Boom. And then this one, it goes, when you're alone, do you let go? Are you wild and willing or is it just for show? Oh, come on. And then it kicks into the bridge, which is kind of yeah. crazy because it sounds like he interrupted his own song to go to the bridge. It's a cool structural thing uh, where it's like he's in too much of a hurry to actually give you a second thought in the in the verse. Yeah, and when that and when that bridge kicks in, so do those uh, those patented. Def Leppard gang vocals, yeah, where it's like a, a Greek chorus of Joe Elliotts are singing to our ears. Yeah, it's yeah, it's beautiful, but it yeah, but it 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 takes you out of it takes you out of sort of one person's mouth, yeah, and makes it like a bunch of spirits surrounding you or something, yeah, um, and gives it this uh, sort of magical quality. But the the lines in that half verse, I think, are interesting. He says, okay. "When you when you're alone, do you let go? Are you wild and willing, or is it just for show?" Um, which is a which is a weird question to ask someone because uh, he's he's basically asking, "Are you as crazy and as like sexually wild and willing when you're alone as you are with me or with other people or when we're at parties and stuff?" Because at this point, Joe Elliott is a huge star, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's probably one of, like, for a guy like that, he's always got to be asking himself, is she is she the person in, that that I get in public, like on the streets? Or right. will she be that same person when we're at home under the in sheets? In the sheets, yeah. yeah. Um, or when she's, but he's, but he's specifically asking not just, not just streets versus sheets, He's saying, like, he, he's asking what she's like when she's alone, which it, I, I'm i trying to imagine what kinds of things, like, what would designate you as being wild and willing, yes or no, when you're alone. I'm wild and willing when I'm alone because I do whatever I want when I'm alone, right? Yeah, you're fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, if I want to touch... Uh, a dick when I'm alone. <laughs> it's really I guess, a problem. Yeah. Right? Who's stopping you? Nobody. <laughs> no, no one out there is stopping yeah, me. You're and alone. It's not even. I don't. I wouldn't even feel. Uh, you know, like conflicted about it. Nor should you. Uh, I wouldn't feel inhibited by anything. Uh, so it's maybe not the best example to say like, you, no. are you wild and willing? But I think the real question is. Are we assuming that these two lines are are tied together? So is it simply when you're alone, do you let go? That's one line, full stop, end of question. Oh, Completely unrelated second good question. Point. Are you wild and willing or is it just for show? And I think that's the thing. I think that's the case. I think they are unrelated. Uh, they are just separate questions. They are only well, related in that they're both directed to the same individual. But it's still, still my 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 question remains, and I so I'm going to ask you this: What? Mm-hmm. So this person that Joe Elliott is clearly describing as kind of a wild, like a wild girl, like she's, you know, she's getting crazy with him, and he's wondering if she's like that 
if if that's actually her nature or if she's just doing it for show. What yeah. in what ways would her in what way could she let go by herself that would let Joe Elliott know that she's like like really wild and willing all the time? Do you know what I mean? Like maybe if he like maybe if uh, she was they so imagine a situation where the two of them make love. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm then, already there. Yeah, next morning. Joe Elliott's asleep with uh, a sheet carefully covering his private parts, so we just sure. see his six-pack abs, cum gutters, and amazing pec muscles. Okay. And so she gets up, and she's like, I'm going to treat this guy. I'm going to make him some scrambled eggs, because no girl's ever made Joe Elliott scrambled eggs. So she Scrambies. goes into the kitchen. Yeah, she goes into the kitchen. And she starts scrambling up some of them eggs, and at the same time, she starts like singing a song into the uh, the little whisk that she was whisking the eggs with. And she's just like, because she thinks she's all by herself in that huge kitchen in that mansion that she's in, right? And, and so she's singing this song, and that and like, but she like turns around, she realizes he's been standing in the doorway the whole time watching her. That's letting go, my friend, when she's okay. dancing okay. and singing because she thinks she's all by herself. But do, does she is she making it is she making it sexy inadvertently while she's doing that even though she's alone and be and because she's alone do you think maybe so you think I mean, she's got I, do, does she have on like one of his like button up shirts but that's it she definitely yeah. has or like one of his uh, football I doubt jerseys he has any button, I doubt he has any button up <laughs> yeah. shirts now that I see yeah. that <laughs> yeah he needs it for a fucking job interview dude. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's she's got one of his like uh, she's got one of his Union Jack uh, like tanks on, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, like a hockey jersey, yeah, yeah, and then some like soccer shorts, uh, yeah, sure, or nothing. I mean, maybe his shirt's just way too big and it just covers most of her body. Yeah, that's pro- yeah, that's, that's probably it. Uh, but okay, yep. so so that's what you're so that's what you're saying. Joe Elliott is looking for here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like He's he wants for... her to be like that. Yeah, a little what's bit the, silly sometimes. What's the alternate? What? What is? Because these are all pointed questions, right? These are all like he's conflicted about their relationship uh, and conflicted about what her intentions are, especially. So, what's uh-huh. the opposite scenario? If besides that, like what? What? What else could she do? when she's a quote unquote alone to let him or that, that he would, that he would say that he would feel like he'd unmasked her as something else. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah, I guess if in, when she was making those scrambled eggs, instead mm-hmm. of singing a song all cute, she was, uh, I don't know, like abusing his cat. <laughs> That is not or a putting, euphemism, folks. Not a euphemism. She's or putting, abusing ju- his or pet. putting just enough poison in the in the scrambled eggs to keep him alive, but That's to make him crazy. But to make him sad. I mean, yes, to of slow, course, to you, slow him down and kill him over just like a few years. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's slowly adding a small disc <laughs> of wood to all the uh, the legs of all the chairs and the <laughs> table in the room, so he thinks he's shrinking. <laughs> Jeez. 
<laughs> yeah, you know the, that classic move that girls do. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen those one. memes on I the hate internet? That one. Oh man, yeah. I had an ex who was super into gaslighting. Uh, it sucked. It really sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry for your your uh, situation. Let's okay. talk about, uh, let's so talk go, about the bridge. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We got this sweet bridge. Now, uh, as you mentioned before, gang vocals. Um, yeah. And uh, it sounds very, like, uh, yeah, it's very full. It's very, like, magical sound. All these voices. It's still, but it's still kind of reserved. Like, they are, they're building up to something. Well, yeah. Uh, this... Uh, this as a as a bridge as a Def Leppard bridge. Um, of course, we could always say you know some dime store Def Leppard would accept this as the chorus of the song. It's like that catchy. It's that memorable. I don't want to touch yeah. you too much, baby, because making love to you might drive me crazy. That a lesser band would just be like, oh shit, I just wrote a chorus. Let's use that. Yeah. Oh shit, I just wrote a bunch of wedding vows. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I know you think that love is the way you make it, so I don't want to be there when you decide to break it. Okay. Well, let's so, unpack that piece. Man, oh, so much. There's a lot to unpack there, too, because it's. Um, he doesn't want to touch her too much, because making love yep. to her might drive him crazy. Now, that's, that's pretty easy to understand. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's just, she's amazing, and he feels uh -huh. like he might fly too close to the sun. If he gets his hands all over too much. Yep. Right? That's basically yeah, what yeah. that means. I, I mean, I think we're all in agreement. Or uh, it means that she's, that she's doing something to make him think he's crazy, like like putting little discs of wood under the <laughs> table and chairs. <laughs> yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, after they make love, he falls asleep, spent from all of his efforts, <laughs> and that's when she gaslights him. Yep. Uh, uh then so the I next know line, you think the love. Uh, I know you think that love is the way you make it. That's where it gets a little. What's he talking about here? Um, I know you think that love is the way you make it. So I don't want to be there when you decide to break it. Do you think he's talking about uh, a person, an individual who puts too much emphasis on uh, romantic relationships in their life? And uh, are all about the drama. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure that that's what he's talking about. But I know. I know what you're talking about. Like so. So somebody who, somebody who's basically, like, doesn't have some kind of goal outside of their relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So every so every little thing that happens in their relationship becomes part of the big movie of their life or something like the big romantic comedy that they're living. But that's very dreary for everybody else involved because every little bit of drama gets blown up, right? Yeah, exactly. Somebody who, you know, not to reference our favorite uh, Real Housewives, but it's that's kind of how they live. Their sure. Lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every when 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 everything is uh, when everything is sort of literally handed to you on silver, uh, you gotta you gotta find drama in in unique ways and they they yep. do a good job on that show of finding little unique 
It's just a great show. Can we disagree to that? That's a, just yeah, a great show. As yeah. I said before, it's the, it's the closest thing to reality you're going to find on television. I mean, I think um, Bravo is the perfect name for that network, because that's what I have to say to them every time I watch their excellent programming. That's what you shout in between. Like, every time there's a commercial break, you stand up and you clap and scream Bravo. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so at this point we have. Oh wait, you, you probably want to explain what that bridge means. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. The the idea that maybe that maybe she's somebody who's putting a lot of drama into their relationship, um, and that's why she would decide to break it and break it off with him. Sure, um, but I'm just I'm not sure that that's what he's leading to with the. I know you think that love is the way you make it. And I've mm-hmm. I've questioned uh, I've questioned before whether that line means love is the way you make it like this person wants to fall in love with a rich person so that she can make it right oh. and then so I don't want to be there when you decide to break it that I'm not sure is real because who would she break like who would she meet that would be like more successful than than Joe Elliott like that makes no sense at all it doesn't make any sense at all so so she's I think. Uh, I think the emphasis in that line is on you. I know you think that love is the way you make it. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be there when you decide to break it. I think the you and he doesn't he doesn't emphasize that it's he leaves a lot of ambiguity in that in that bridge. And that's a I think that's important in a song like this because it makes it apply to a lot of different situations but if we're nailing down what exactly joe elliott's talking about here i think he's saying i think he's saying that she is a selfish lover oh, in okay. some ways yeah, yeah yeah not that it's hopeless but that she's like she's basically um that she's in control and so if she's just going to give up at some point he doesn't want to be there to see that so he's conflicted even though it's great even though loving her is so good it might fucking drive him crazy he still doesn't want to be there when she decides he's not good enough that's what i I think that's what he's saying yeah that uh he he thinks that she can't let go that she is in fact not wild and willing and that possibly she's driving him insane yeah, that she's that she's doing things on purpose to make him think that he's insane. So interesting enough, the way this bridge uh, begins with not wanting to touch you too much because it might drive you drive him crazy. This bridge serves a very similar uh, function for the listener because it's just getting you all teased and hot and bothered, so that when that uh, chorus hits, it's like a total eruption of oh yeah, uh, you know. Let's say love all over you. <laughs> yeah, some ki- if there was some kind of uh, juice that say love produced, it'd be like yeah. if that love Arby's juice. sauce. Yeah, if there was some, or or even like horsey sauce from Arby's. Horsey like if sauce, there was, sure. if there was some, I don't know, if there was just some kind of juice that love made, and then uh, if you could like just sort of shake that juice out all over somebody. Uh, so that it's like covering them. That's yeah, that's like, basically uh, what this like, chorus does. Like chocolate syrup or something. Sure. Or like Arby's horsey sauce. All right. Yeah. Let's hear or the like uh, or like the uh, the the icing for a cinnabon. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a hot hot bun. Here we go. Yeah. 
Okay, so total fucking eruption when he goes, decide to break it. No! Love bites. Love bleeds. It's bringing me to my knees. Love lives. Love dies. It's no surprise. And then, like a love eruption, it has this calming end of the chorus, this calming conclusion, this come down. Where he goes, love begs, love pleads. It's what I need. It's a, there's a really good, um, really good shape to that chorus, uh, where yeah. it sort of calms down midway through. That's interesting. Yeah, we, it's a different kind of chorus. It, than, it crests at the beginning. Yeah, and then it brings us back down to earth again, kind of like and a it's rocket. Got those cool, it's got those cool stabbing guitar things in it, like love yep. bike. It's just really like it's so dramatic. It's really, really dramatic and intense. And, and and I think that it basically we've we've been trying to sort out what all the what all these little lines mean, what a, what each turn of phrase might be referring to, what the nature of their relationship might be. And it's been a little frustrating trying to nail it all down because it's unclear. Yeah. But that frustration is what is driving us to this chorus, which is just about how complicated, darn it, love is. You know what I mean? I think you're right, Alex. There's all kinds of just little frustrations that you can't even put your finger on what's wrong. And it's just love bites, love bleeds. Love is a love is a thing. Love is this uh, this being almost unto itself. Hold on there, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I think you're getting a little sappy on me. Really? Am I? I don't know. Um, so we uh, we have this great chorus, and then it chills back out, and we go into another verse. Well, there's that. There's a little interlude with like these little voices going ha 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 ha. Which let me do you know? Do you know what I think that is, Stuart? Uh, they're gremlins that are laughing at Joe Elliott. <laughs> yeah, that's the sound of gremlins laughing. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the movie in a while, so I could be wrong. <laughs> that's the breath of love, which uh, okay. could which could very damn well be gremlins because, uh, like, I think what's happening is you got all these you got all these conflicted statements that he's making to his lover. And then you, you, it all just, he gets so frustrated and it's basically you've created this entire new entity with your love, with your person that you're in love with. And yeah, it's probably like little gremlins had, hiding out in the closet. And then they, yeah. after the chorus, they laugh at you. They go, ha, 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 ha. Right? No, uh, that's exactly what I meant when I said that. Uh, so we we have the gremlin laughter. We go into the the next verse, and you already read some of that earlier. Yeah, I read were... like the first half of the of the second or second and a half chorus. Um, but, but I'll just say, when I'm with you, are you somewhere else? Am I getting through, or do you please yourself? When you wake up, will you walk out? It can't be love if you throw it about. That's what he says. Ooh, babe. Um, and there, it can't be love if you throw it about. He's just talking about, he's talking about ass there, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like, you throw that ass about, um, throw that ass in a circle, 
Like that that's not love. That's that's lust. That's taking us back to animal. That's not yeah. that's not love. The question we, will when when you wake up, will you walk out? That's probably the most clear statement of the uncertainty Joe is feeling that we've heard so far in this song. Where he's once just again, Sorry, go ahead. It goes right back to that thing I said before. All he's looking for is he's going to wake up from that lovemaking sesh, yeah. go into his very expansive kitchen with, like, uh, like an island and a, a dishwasher unit and, you know, electric range. And he's he wants to see her there cooking scramby eggs, man. Yeah. Maybe some bangers and mash as well. Who gives a shit? Yeah. He he's looking for some kind of uh, he's looking for trust. That's what he's looking yeah. for. Yeah. Can he trust this person to uh, to just be there and cook him some scrambies? <laughs> yeah, that's all he wants. That's not too much to ask for. Yeah, so I think that's I think we've basically covered the uh, the lyrical content of the song. Yeah, I mean, I'd we like get to, another like half bridge in there yeah. before the, uh, the 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 next chorus, and then uh, yeah, that's another interesting thing. Solos? Solos? They split they split another thing in half. They split the next bridge in half, and he and he interrupts it for the chorus. Uh, which so twice in this song, the structure is kind of interrupted by, let's say, a, a desperate feeling. To get to the next thought, you know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, like it's like there's a there's a real uh, there's um there's there's a passion, a fire, a fury to the structure of this song that is not present in a lot of other songs. So it's I, it's like almost to... like there's sections that have been imp- improvised because he he just can't he can't handle it anymore. Yeah, he just he's he's standing there singing and he just puts his hand down and that lets the band know they need to get to the next part so that he can yep. sing that next part. Let's hear the guitar solo. Okay. So that guitar solo... It's a little uh, sad sounding. It was, a little lonely. Um, yeah, it's got a... Um, it, I don't know. It's got this like mechanical thing, but like an emotional thing going on. There's those little... Um, They're a little riff in the background. Mm-hmm. And then a really like hesitant, slow-to-get-going uh, lead guitar part over the top of it. Which I think is... It sounds like... To me, it sounds like a train... Like it sounds like train parts starting up, like a steam engine starting up. Oh, choo, like choo, with that choo, little. Choo, so you choo, got that, choo, 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 and then it's like it's starting to get going, and then na 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 na. Like it, th- those are the, the the bigger parts of it starting to starting to move. That that solo sounds to me like if you had like a steam engine inside your head that made you that was in control of how you cry. That was the mechanism <laughs> yeah. for human tears. That's what. Yeah. It would sound like that. It would sound exactly like that, like that guitar solo. Yeah, that's the the guitar solo is like keyed into your tear ducts. Yeah, uh, and then we have another full bridge. We have 
the full chorus again mm-hmm. uh, a couple a couple of times. Yep. And then um and then we have the end of the song where something uh kind of crazy happens. That robot guy comes back to us. Um let's hear what the robot guy has to say this time around. It's okay. almost like he's the narrator. Yeah. Like he he introduced the story and now he's closing that book. And so and he he, he kind of repeats. Well, I mean he, he repeats what he said at the beginning, but he adds a little bit that's mm-hmm. interesting. Here we go. Oh my god. What was that last bit? The last bit, he says, if you've got love in your sights, watch out love bites. Then he goes, yes it does. And then he says, it will be hell. The last <laughs> the last line of that song is, it will be hell, said to you by a robot. Yep. It's the rock brigade all over again. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of fucking insane now because all right, so imagine for a second, Stuart, you've been you've been transplanted to uh-huh. another universe, a sure. Genesis Garden of Eden in another universe. Mm-hmm. And you've had you've gone through this sequence of things. You've had you've had a uh, you've had your Eve created for you. She has you have frolicked in the fields like animals. You've felt lust. She has eaten from the fruit of knowledge. And a robot comes to you and says, look out for that one. You are now, you're in hell. Are we in hell? You know what I mean? Like, this is kind of crazy. That's a good good question. This raises so many questions. It will be hell. Um, So that, uh, I think that's crazy. Moving moving forward in in this record, we're going to have to keep an eye on. Uh, well, ro- <laughs> robot voices in general are in, yep. are important because yep. <laughs> they seem to have some knowledge we don't. Yep. Uh, but but the big question of are we are we actually we think we're in Eden, but are we in hell is a big question. Oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. It's like they live. Oh yeah, totally. So uh, Stuart, do you have anything else you want to say about uh, about love bites? Um. I did. I had one little thing. I just wanted to say, uh, if you've got love in your sights, watch out, because love bites. Yeah, because it'll be it'll be hell, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a great. I think this is an incredible song. I think it's like a, um, it's a, it's a ballad. It's a, yeah, you'd call it a ballad. I would call it. Yeah. Well, I would. I would say that this song, this song, and the success of this song, and the success of "Bringing on the Heartbreak" by Def Leppard. Are uh, that was from High and Dry. Are uh, probably had a huge effect on the whole genre of power ballads. Like I think that might be sort of how that genre was was born. Yeah, yeah. In the they created uh, a template. Maybe maybe not the, the maybe not the idea of. I mean, there's obviously older like big rock songs that are love songs, but the idea that like this the texture of this song is like. 
It's so heavy and full and thick, and there's these stabbing guitars just, like, punching you. Uh, yeah. But it's a sad, soft, tender song with a lot of emotion in it. And I think that's sort of what defines the power ballad genre. And I, So I think it's an important song for that, yeah, that sort that. of, I don't know, that rep- repertory or whatever. Um, it's a gorgeous song. It's gorgeous production. It's got the that, like... Uh, it's got a very sensual sound all the way through it. It's got just like these guitars tickling you and little mm-hmm. synthesizer bits and uh, the gang vocals. Um, it's just this is like a textural buffet uh, yeah. of of different you know big moments, then moments where everything drops out and little gremlins are breathing at you. Uh, it's just everything. a huge, beautiful, like crazy, crazy song. About and, being and driven mad by your lover, and we both we both said on the last episode how Animal might be the most perfect Def Leppard song. Yeah, and so to follow up Animal, the the following song had to be really good, or else it was yeah. going to bum everyone out. And you know what? I think Love Bites is a, is a solid follow up. Well, yeah, and it and it gives Animal a run for its money. Actually, yeah. this song's incredible. It's it's yeah. great. Uh, as as far as how it fits into the overall theme of the of of the album, I, I said before how love bites. Obviously, the obvious inference when you see the song "Love Bites" come up is that we, you know we're in the Garden of Eden. We've been taken to a Garden of Eden. We've had Eve created. She eats of the fruit of knowledge. But uh-huh. the dip, there's a there's a very interesting difference between this and the Judeo-Christian, like, biblical Genesis story that, that you and I descended from, that Def Leppard descended from. Uh, it, this mythology, the difference between it and the Genesis story that we're used to is that uh, in the Genesis story... Eve takes a bite of the fruit of not. They already had love. They knew. They knew love. They knew each other. They had love for each other. Sure. But when she takes a bite of the fruit of knowledge, uh, she realizes that she's naked, and then lust is created, and that's why. And, and so they they suddenly know sexual lust, and that's the sin that they brought into the world, and that's why we're all disgusting, leaky bags of sin and depravity and stuff. That's that's. I didn't know you were a biblical scholar. Well, you have to be when you start studying yeah. Def Leppard. It's, it's like the first, down that road. the first two years of courses are all just theology. And then um, uh, what's interesting about Love Bites, or, or actually about Side A of Hysteria, is that we go from Animal, which is a song about lust, into Love Bites, which is a song about the complications of love. So in this sort of in the in the yang to the to the to genesis's yin in the mirror reflection world that we're in uh lust came first and then when she bites of the fruit of knowledge she learns of love and suddenly love is introduced into that world and so it's the complications of love that become the quote unquote sin i'm not going to say that they define it as sin but it's just an interesting like parallel that that world is so backwards from ours. And again, as the robot says, that it might be hell. Yeah. Yeah. It might be the, you know, it might be the exact opposite world of the one that we yeah. live in. 
so I think that's a good summary of Love Bites. Next time we get together, we'll be chatting about arguably Def Leppard's biggest hit, Pour sure. Some Sugar on Me. Uh, but before we go, it looks like uh, it looks like we got a question from a from a listener from one of our partners, yeah, on the old Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Twitter user BileCube asks, "Dear Liddy B, what is the best entry level Def Leppard? What so is Dr. the best? Def, how would you? What would be your entry level Def Leppard for a new listener?" Well, that's a man. That's a tough. It's a tough question. It's been a. It's been a long time since I've. Uh, since it's I've been needed an path, entry. Yeah. yeah, since I've needed an entry point. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow. I mean, I would almost. I, I feel like I would need to know a little bit about the person. But that's a. But that's kind of a. That's not always true. I mean, sometimes there's just universal things. Uh, I think Love Bites is a great first song to hear. Um, okay. I think Animal is a great first song to hear. Uh, would you, Stuart, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to pick up a record, I would say start with Pyromania, because I think it's a good bridge between the two sure. uh, lives of Def Leppard. Sure. Um, and then you could work your way out from both of those. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, uh, like if you're just going to listen to two songs, I would do animal followed by love bites back to back. And that'll give you a good, like, if you, if you can find things to like in there, you have found the right band. Oh, you know what? Um, yeah, I would, I, yeah, th- I, I stand by that. I think that's great. But also, Run Riot as a single song in the right situation. Yeah. If you just, if you just like locked somebody in a room, you know, like a padded room and cranked up the stereo and put Run Riot on and just like, I don't know. You're talking about a song from, each other or from the B side of yeah, the yeah. album we're talking about now. We'll, we'll get to that in, a, in, I'm guessing, in a year or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to have to do a few different... We're going to have to do a few episodes on Pour Some Sugar On Me. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, wow, that, that I think that wraps that up for this, yeah, totally uh, this episode. Uh, this episode. Uh, Thank I you, partners, am- for listening. Thank yeah, you guys yeah. for uh, for writing in and talking to us on the on Twitter and uh, on I the thank social Josh, plats. Josh Hollis has done some uh, a few different um, little graphic things based on our episodes, and those are awesome. Those are always great to see. Uh, yeah, so, at Josh Hollis. Yeah, I think it's at Josh Hollis. I don't. Uh, it's either at Josh Hollis or at Joshua Hollis. But uh, but yeah. I, I think we yeah, both have retweeted him. So yeah. Um, yeah, you can uh, you can find me other times over at the Flophouse Podcast, a comedy podcast about bad movies, and you can find me on Twitter at uh, at FlophouseCat. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Alex Smith. I am in a band called Lydia Burrell. You can find uh, you can find me on Twitter at at Lydia Burrell. It's like a woman's name with two R's and two L's in the Burrell. And then also I make uh, I make like funny little videos on YouTube under the name Howl Dotty, um, and that's my story. Okay, you're sticking with it. And yep. thank you, thank you. Stick with us, partners.
Yeah. 